Hi mama, just dropping in to let you know that I have something new and exciting. It's a membership full of meditations to get your calm on, to bring on the sanity. You can find out more over at recoverlikemother.com forward slash membership. All right, let's get into the show. Today we are hanging out again. I want to say thank you for putting me and my friend Anna Marie into your earbuds. Uh, I know you have many, many, many podcasts to listen to and you're back with me. Hi, welcome. This is Recover Like a Mother. And today we're talking to Anna Marie. She is a mother of twins, one boy, one girl, an entrepreneur, a single mama, sober. That's right. Doing the do. I'm really looking forward to connecting with her and letting her share her story with you. Anna Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lane. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest things about technology is being able to connect with other mamas, other, you know, other ladies in recovery. It's so easy right now. And that's how we were fortunate enough to meet is on clubhouse. And I immediately, when I heard your story, I thought I need to know more. I need to know more about her. (laughs) Uh, I was so intrigued with what you were doing in the world and how you got there. So let's get into your recovery story and to that breaking point of what made you get into recovery? Wow. Um, so yeah, so I guess to start, you know, I was just kind of a, the casual, casual drinker, you know, casual, I like to, you know, dibble dabble, smoke a little doobie here and there. Um, you know, relax. That was kind of my, my self-medicating um, way of dealing with life. Um, you know, I lived a very selfish and fun, spontaneous, um, you know, early, my twenties was, was a lot of fun. Um, I grew up throughout Southern California and um, most of my days were, you know, cruising the beach, hanging out in the hills, going to parties and just, just living the life, you know, I always worked, I always had a job. Um, I was independent from my family as they moved out of, out of the state of California to, to, to where um, their dollar would go a little bit further. So they moved to the Midwest, like as soon as I graduated from high school. And um, yeah, I was, I was pretty independent from then on. I enjoyed my 20s. I had a lot of fun, did a lot of this, did a lot of that, was even able to travel to Europe. And, and uh, you know, just I worked on both coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast in some of um, LA's premier, you know, dining and dining establishments and, and, and finer hotels and um, just was, was having a good time. Um, I met the love of my life at, mm. in my 30s. And yeah, I guess I get emotional because I don't know what happened really yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so this is, you know, this is a, this is a common story, right, mama? This is everything's going great until it doesn't go great. And, and we just, the disease addiction is nasty. It lies to us and it doesn't let us see reality, right? Like everything could be burning around us and we're like, oh, everything's fine. No problem. 
So what I'm hearing from you right now and what I'm feeling is that maybe that's what was happening. You were just living life. And so when you had your babies, when, so how old are your kiddos? They're five. Yep. Five years old. So you had them during this crazy time, fun time. You know, I, I waited till, um, I waited till I was tired of being, you know, selfish to, to have my children. I got pregnant at 37. Um, and you know, it was, it was a dream come true. Um, you know, there had been, you know, I, I, I have the, the typical story where, you know, I'm able to go on a 40 day cleanse and, you know, I'm able to take care of my body and, you know, doing the master cleanse every season. So it wasn't like, I, I was just a binge drinker, you know, I, I would chase one beer after the other and a couple of shots here. And then, you know, the blackout would follow. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just, you know, after, after I had my children, I just became very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I think I was always lonely. I grew up as a only child until 10. And then my mom, my mom, my mom got married and had two more children. And I, I love, um, I love my family. We all get along very well, but I always just, I always just felt very lonely. And I know that's a common, you know, a common trait with us, with us addicts. So even in my twenties, I felt lonely, even though there was a lot of fun going on. And I, I always just remember like, you know, being by myself on, on, on New Year's Eve with a bottle of champagne and in a hot tub, like house sitting somebody's house, but alone, you know? or um, just celebrating alone. I think I just kind of like was the most comfortable alone, but I was lonely. Yeah. So even in my marriage, that's, that's basically how it, it seemed to be. I was married to um, my partner and my partner didn't drink whatsoever. Mm. Um, so by choice, by choice and by, it was like a sugar thing for, for her. She had a really, um, weird reaction to sugar. So she, she loved carbs and whatnot, but anytime yeah. she had a, a drink of something, it was like, Ooh, Oh, you have to drive. Oh my gosh. I can feel it coming on. And I'm uh-huh. like, you know, that's when I'm rolling my eyes. Like, really, are you just, are you going to finish that, that glass? Like, if not, like, you know, push it over here. Cause you know, I'll finish it for you. And she's like, you're going to drink mine too. And it was just one of those, you know, situations. So I isolated a lot during, during our marriage and she isolated as well. And she had her own uh, addictions and I don't want to go too much into her, her, her situation, but um, we just, we just, we just were in a partnership, but we were very separated. And um, I don't think we knew how to communicate through that. Yeah. I hear that a lot too. It's so interesting, you know, addiction, it's, this disease that centers in the mind and it's very isolating and we can be in a middle, you know, a room full of people, but we're alone. 100%. I I know that feeling, even with my husband, sometimes today I'll be sitting next to him. Right. And I'm like, am I really in this relationship with, do I really have a partner? And we've been together a long time. I love him, but there are days when I'm still, that disease is so loud and it's a little belittling and it's troubling. (laughs) It's troubling is what it is. So you have your babies, they're five. You 
you were drinking and then you got sober. Yes. Had babies and it's been up and down for you. Has it been easy for you getting sober? What, what, because sometimes people get sober and it's like, oh, they, they just get it. It just locks in. And then there are other, you know, friends who it's a little bit of a struggle. How's it been for you? You know, because of my situation, the fact that I was going through, I'm going through a separation divorce. And that was kind of like the, the last, the last straw, you know, to our marriage was the fact that my alcoholism was, it, it was killing our marriage and it did um, in the end. Um, so in the end, I didn't have a choice because it was, you know, my children were going to be taken away from me. Um, it was, Common. yeah, it was literally like my higher power was pulling me off the ground by my hair yeah, and pushing me in a direction, um, where I needed help, where I needed help. And, um, and you got I'm, that help and I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful. Did um, you go into a program or did you just walk into a mutual aid meeting what was your experience? I had to do a little bit of everything because of the circumstances that incomprehensible demoralization, you know, led to um, a lot of different factors. And I basically woke up to um, my children not being there. And I was like, whoa, where are my children? Found out that some, some, some a situation had happened while I was in a blackout. And I don't even remember the course of the night. And yeah, I was basically told like, if I don't get it together, that it's not going to look very good for me. And I was lost. I was like, whoa. So yeah, I was that person, like literally dragging myself on my knees into my first AA meeting, you know, and I had gone to AA meetings before my twenties to be of support to girlfriends. And it was like the the who's who of Hollywood. And it was just like the, you know, where are we going to go hang out afterwards and go party? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because you can always find the the best, the best drugs after, you know, an AA meeting in Hollywood for sure, or the best parties. Um, and I just never thought I had a problem. It was always just, you know, I never really went out to drink and party. I would go to the liquor store and come back home. So I never thought it was, you know, I never... I never veered too far from my children. I had to stay as close as possible because that was safe for me. And, um, and you know, I didn't have a choice in my head. Um, so yeah, so I, 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 found, I found the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and I was that person I did. God, I, I did a meeting every single day for my first year. I had to. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, throwing yourself into it. That's, you know, recovery throwing. I find the people who throw themselves into recovery and that is all they throw themselves in have a, they recover. Yeah. Right. Like there is a chance for them. Otherwise the mental illness, the suffering that the, the thinking becomes so negative. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I love how you talked about going to parties at, you know, going to a meeting, going to the parties because LA, LA is so crazy. You know, I got sober in Los Angeles and 
we literally, I would, the first five years of my recovery, I was like in three meetings a day, like just going to different mutual aid meetings, just doing the do. And I don't think I could have gotten sober any other way. People now there's so many paths, so many different types of recovery. I'm, I'm always amazed at how people get sober. And after you jumped in going every day, you know, really finding your groove, you know, that isolation, did it begin to lift? No, because of the divorce factor, you Mm. know, um, I was still going through that. So it was, um, just everything that comes, you know, with a divorce, a separation and, you know, co-parenting and, um, the judgment, the guilt, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, divorce, it's like divorce, moving a rare form of disease, right? These are the things that kill people, right? These are the things that like take us out. And, and I am so grateful that I have a community to kind of move through life because without a community of like-minded people, there is no way the isolation. And again, the thinking would just make me go crazy. I would go crazy. I would not be on the planet anymore. So I want to, can we talk about your divorce for a minute? Sure. Because I know there's a lot of ladies that this is a part of their story. This is a part of what they're going through. And, you know, there's a lot of people that stay married, right? You know, they just stay. And are you and your ex-partner, are you amicable or not at all? Um, we, we put our children first, so it's, we, we are, her and I are nonverbal because we're still going through all of the financial stuff in court. It's not, that's just not fun. Mm -hmm. It was never about money to begin with, but now that we're, you know, supposed to be splitting things 50, 50, it's like, well, that's not how they want it, or that's not how I want it. And, you know, so then once you get you know, the, the legal team's involved and it just comes, it just becomes a a show. Yeah. Um, And I think there's something about recovering from the separation, right? It's like learning how to walk again. How long were you guys together? Oh, well, we were married for, um, gosh, I don't even, it's such a, I'm so detached you know, by my, my meditation practice, I, I sometimes even forget. Um, we're married for six, six years, six years, which is a long time, right? Like for an alcoholic, that's a long time. More than 30 days is a long time <laughs> to be sleeping next to somebody. Right? 24 hours is a long time. Sometimes. Right. No, I, I, I think there's, you know, different, you know, people talk about, this is a show about women in recovery. And I say, this is a show for every woman who on the planet, because as women, we are recovering from so many stories. So much trauma happens to us, right? Even as children, you know, I still am recovering from my parents' divorce, right? There's so many things that we are recovering from. So as you move forward, you know, and you're like putting yourself back together again. Do, do you have a support team that you're like surrounded by? Um, I do. And I, 
I do. Yeah. I, I have my fellowship. Yeah. My, my sponsor and I have yeah. my sobriety sisters. And, yes. Um, you know, I have all of that. Um, I just wasn't, I, you know, it's, it's a lot of breaking old generational um, yep. habits. I wasn't raised to ask for help. You know, yeah. I wasn't raised to, to raise my hand, like, Hey, I need a ride or, you know, um, so that really holds me back a lot. Um, and with COVID, I mean, I'm, I'm actually somebody that's thriving with COVID, you know, because I mean, if it, if I were drinking, it would be like, I'd be looking for a party or I'd be looking for some kind of social event, but I'm not. So my safe space is home where I can be healing, you know, and, and, and working on, on, you know, just my own personal development and, you know, nobody's going to judge me if I, if I'm meditating three hours a day, because that's where I want to be, you know, here's a perfect moment to drop in and remind you that I have a library of meditations waiting for you over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash membership. In that membership, you get access not only to meditations, but classes and mocktails and all kinds of goodies to support you in your recovery. All right, let's get back to the show. As you've spent this time at home and practicing and discovering practices, let's share with the mamas who are listening, what you do on a daily basis. Like what are your, some of your practical things? What are you, what are you doing? Wow. Um, well, my schedule is pretty much driven by my children. Um, my, my co-parent and I, we have a, a schedule we're, we're blessed to be able to live within five miles of each other. So we have the children every day, um, you know, morning, you know, morning and night, we, we switch off so that they, it was really important for me being biological mother that I have my children every day, that I can see them, that I can have them, that I can smell them, you know, every day. Um, not necessarily the way she, she would hope for things. Um, and as they grow older, of course, their schedule is going to change a little bit, but um, I try to, I try to wake up early so that I can have a little bit of me time. And that usually, um, that usually turns into a snooze, snooze button. But um, I have a group of, of my, my colleagues that I work with, we do a morning motivation call at 645, where we all wake up together and we jump on an app together and somebody hosts something that's motivational for us, whether it's, um, I like to do meditation. Um, somebody will will throw in just some affirmations or just something to kind of just get the day started on the on the right with the right energy. So that happens um, between six forty five and seven o'clock, and then I like to slip away to to do some meditation. And the kids know that I, I meditate between you know seven and nine normally. So they'll be on and off doing either, you know, a little bit of homework here where they're, you know, practicing their alphabet or they're on their tablets or they're watching a show and grabbing fruit from the fridge, just kind of teaching them how to be independent as well, but to respect mommy's time. And, you know, I just remember growing up how I loved my little morning cartoons and just having that little space. And um, the house that we're in is beautiful. So the kids can open up the back door and we have a huge yard and they can go and run and get on the swings and do whatever they need to independently, which is, which is something that I've, I've really um, worked hard to provide for them. Um, and then after that, it just depends, you know, normally it's, it's breakfast time. We're a vegan family. So 
um, you know, we, we make it fun, whether it's vegan pancakes or fruit and yogurt and, and, and bagels, you know, something just family friendly that we can do together. And my son being the wild child vegan that he is loves to fish. And thankfully, he's never caught anything other than a little turtle bite. <laughs> turtle bite of a, on, a, on a worm of his. Um, he loves to fish. So we'll end up at a lake or something just kind of together and, and, and spending time um, that way. And, you know, movie time and arts, it's, it's really, when I have the kids, it's really whatever they want to do. So gardening, I'm in and out of meetings throughout the day as well. So we kind of juggle that um, schedule, but there's no solid schedule. It's just, you know, I, I schedule as, you know, schedule permits basically. I think that's so beautiful how you know sobriety allows us to be moms. It really, truly, you have the ability to be present in their lives, right? And I taught my son as well, like, this is my time. I'm meditating. Do not come in here, right? Like j- just the importance of giving him that independence, right? To be able to do whatever that's going to be with the safe, with safety parameters around it. But that is, if I wasn't sober, there's no way there's no way I, who knows what would be happening, right? It's, it would be pure insanity. What's your, okay. So you talked about being vegans. So I just started talking to my son about vegan yogurt. You brought that up and we were going to make coconut vegan yogurt. Sure. And my husband, my husband says, well, can you do that? And so then I had to go and do the Google looking for, I guess you have to buy some probiotics and throw probiotics in there to make it taste good. Right. Is that true? To give it the bacteria. Yeah. If you're going to make like, um, your homemade, like instant pot, like type of yogurt. Yes. Yeah. Or you can add yogurt and just kind of multiply it basically, you know, to make bigger batches, um, oh, you really? that as well. Yeah. Oh, then, then there was the kind of, then, then my head goes to, well, what kind of coconut milk do I use? What, like I, I got so <laughs> crazy about this yeah. and then I didn't even do it. Cause I was like, okay, this is like too much for me. I can't handle it. And I just, now I'm, I just buy the plant-based, I can't remember what kind it is, but it's this really delicious. It's a local brand here in San Francisco. Okay. It tastes like dessert. <laughs> so yeah. good. I usually buy the Trader Joe's, you know, yogurt. We'll pick up some coconut base. My daughter's not such a fan of coconut. She likes almond, you know, okay. soy. So yeah. Yeah. So you, have you been a vegan always plant-based? Is that your uh no, no, actually. Um, just as the kids were starting to um just when they were about one years old or so, that's when we decided as a family to, to venture into our, our veganism. <laughs> yeah. I, I love being plant-based. It's, it's helped me immensely. I am not 100%. I would say though, that I'm like three quarters of the year <laughs> plant-based <laughs> and then, the, and then there's like the random or rare instance where I'll, I just am like, I have to have three bites of that steak. Cause my yeah. husband is full carnivore. If he could meet, eat meat every day, he would. <laughs> sure. And that makes it really hard 
Oh, absolutely. You know, because I, I have to see it every day, but I, I prefer not to, my son is kind of the same way. He's like, mm, I could live without it. We actually had a conversation yesterday. I'm like, well, what would be your favorite thing to eat every day? He's like dim sum. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did you wow. get that? Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh. I can't make dim sum every day. No. There is a vegan dim sum place I just heard about actually. Gosh, where is it? San Jose maybe? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to look it up. There's a bunch of really amazing um, vegan pop-ups that are, that are coming out of the Bay Area right now that I'm watching on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I wish you were closer. Road trip. Oh, yeah. The, the food, the culinary around vegan plant-based life is so good. It's, it's an, it's an yeah. amazing art form. I mean, yeah. that, and that's one of the things I really loved about, um, going plant-based was that, you know, beforehand it would be the same thing. It would be the pork roast and the, you know, yeah. we'd have the burgers and like, oh. the, it was just the same thing, the comfort food nonstop, you know, whatever my mom made that I, recipes I picked up from my mother being a a Latin household. So, you know, that was always fun, but I learned how to create those same dishes, just plant-based and they taste for me. I mean, for me, they taste even better, you know, how are you going to make a cookbook? I would love to, I mean, I'm all in hand is raised, please. I would love to, hopefully in my next chapter, I'll be able to create something like that because that's, I I really, even I, I wanted to do the, um, even before I was vegan, but I was the single, you know, the single young girl living in in West Hollywood and Trader Joe's was, were opening up. And I was like, I want to do the Trader Joe's like rest, you know, cookbook because I can grab just these items and make these amazing dishes. And so I wanted to do that in my twenties. It's funny. And I knew it's so funny. Some people have the ability to just take, you know, a potato and an onion and make it delicious. Mm -hmm. And then there's people like me. Nope. Cannot. (laughs) I just, I'll mess it up, honestly. So I need, I need people like you who are really crafty and can make the plants taste delicious. Please. My kids, one of their favorite meals, it, it's so simple. It's just chickpeas mm. that are seasoned, like lightly sauteed. I add a little bit of this, this mushroom soup, um, base, like seasoning uh-huh. that you get at a Thai food store or a, like an Indian food store. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I just saute those and I just throw them into the air fryer with broccoli and sweet potatoes. And I'll have a little white rice on the side and my kids just devour it. Wait a minute. You're like, my mind is going. (laughs) Okay. So what's an air fryer? Wait a minute. Oh, you don't have an air fryer. No. What is that? Gosh. So it's like a machine, you you know, it's just a countertop machine and you have the ability to fry things without, with very minimal oil or no oil at all. You can bake in it. Yeah. You can bake in it. You can make French fries. My kids love their sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh. Um, And it's, it makes everything so much easier. So it, it it takes the the microwave of course, out of the house, which I'm done with the microwave. Exactly. But you can, I mean, I put a little bit of cornstarch on some tofu with some amazing seasoning, throw it in there. It's like, it's crispy. It's super crispy. Wonderful. Here is This is your cookbook right here. Air fry. This air is fryer. your cookbook. Yes. Air fry plant-based food. Oh, even just throwing a stock of like, um, even just a stock of, uh, uh, Brussels sprouts. 
lightly spray them, throw them in there. And it's beautiful. You just okay. Anna Marie, I'm going to get an air fryer. You <sighs> deserve an air fryer. Every mom should have an air fryer. Absolutely. Is- okay. So mamas who are listening, this is the practical <laughs> tip for you, right? Like this is golden. What we're learning from Anna Marie right now. I love this so much. I don't, this is like something I've never explored. So I'm excited about this. What since getting sober, what is one thing that you have had this like awakening around? Um, I think my, my true awakening came with my meditation practice. I was, I was, I was like, literally like, what the hell am I going to do? I was so lost. I was so, um, I was just, I was like the bottom of the bottom. You know, I was losing my children. I was losing my partner. I was losing my marriage. I was losing my, my, our business that we had built together. I was losing everything. And I, I, I I always thought I had a good relationship with my higher power. You know, I grew up, went to Catholic school and, you know, never had any issues um, whatsoever with the Catholic church or any of that, but I was very spiritual, you know, um, and I, I, I was going, I was going to my outpatient treatment and going to my meetings and I just needed something more. And I, I signed up for a meditation retreat and I had to put my name on a list because it was a waiting list. And I swear, I swear my high, you know, God does some amazing things. And just as I was getting to my 11th step, I was invited to join a 10 day meditation group here locally through my Vipassana meditation center did the 10 day, you know, silent retreat where you go completely silent and you are given the opportunity to go inside and dig in deep. And basically it's a surgery on all of your, your souls, like everything that has, has basically conditioned you to be, you know, to have these thoughts or to, to live in misery or to have, So I was able to do so much work, you know, it's amazing what can happen, what transformation can come from just being silent and being without technology and and not given, we weren't even given pencils or books, you know, we weren't even allowed to, to have any sort of eye contact with any of the others in the group. And that there was truly the most like rewarding and, and and transforming, like transformational time in my life. So you practice Vipassana. Yes, I do. Yeah. I am all about the silent retreats. The first time I did one, I absolutely had like my brain exploded. Right. And there is something about that experience and you, you have to go through it. Every sober mama, please. After this COVID junk, every sober mama, (laughs) we need that time. It is so transformative. It's, it's like unbelievable what happens. So from that, you've now been able to carry on your practice consistently. It's a must, right? It's a, it's a must for me. It's a must. It it definitely is a must because I can be all up in my, my head, you know, and I have to bring myself down. It's, and it's, I have to remind myself like, everything's constantly changing. Like, don't hold on to stuff, you know, don't go backwards, don't go forwards, just stay present, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. stay with the flow and, and 
it's it's incredible how, yeah. how quickly just a, yeah. a quick even just a quick little meditation when I don't have the time like sometimes mm -hmm. I'll have to even escape from my kids and I jump in the shower for five minutes and I'm just like wash away the fear wash away the anxiety wash away you know and it's just it's just truly is my 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 medication yeah yeah it, it's such a and it's so easy. I mean, there's so many women who struggle with meditation. It's like, I don't have the time to do that. And I always say, you don't have the time not to do that. Right. It's just, I, I was really, that mom. I was that yeah. mom too. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get into a meditation practice. I would be like the 20 minutes laying back down and fall asleep, you know, right. I do the, the guided meditations. And I just be like, what am I listening to? This is yeah. to really just say that like, and, right. you know, and just so heavy. I couldn't right. shut it off. That's and like so getting through the first three days of the course. And I was like, yeah. wow, I actually have this. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was, it was life-changing. Uh, that fills my heart so much. Thank you for sharing that Emery. Cause it's really, you can't relate to that unless you go through it. It's just like getting sober. You can't relate with another sober mama until you get sober. It's like, Absolutely. Yes. Oh, so good. So I'm sure that you would recommend that everyone pick up a meditation practice. I, I, I mean, I can't, I, I'm like the, the cheerleader for Vipassana. I mean, yeah. honestly, like I have my smile, my Amazon smile account going directly to them, you know, oh, for good. donations. I mean, I believe in it so much. In fact, I was actually on my way to um, Oahu for, uh, to be a service for a meditation retreat before COVID hit. Yeah. And it was this weekend actually oh. last year. And yeah. I had to cancel because, you know, I couldn't just, I just couldn't take the risk and, yeah. Yeah. you know, with everything going on there, everything was shutting down. I didn't want to get stuck in Hawaii and not be able to get back to my kids. And I was just like, so yeah, I can't believe it's actually a year ago that the, the anniversary. And I was so looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, but I know there'll be times when I can, you know, find a retreat, maybe there will in, be. in Bali or, or somewhere, you know, there will be another one. There will be another one. Yeah. Do you have favorite reading literature? Um, I do. I do. What are you uh, reading these days? Well, a lot of it's mostly, um, you know, my career focused stuff right now. So I'm reading a lot of like the think and grow rich and, you know, classic. The, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm reading, um, I just picked up the new one by Jamie Kern Lima called Believe It. Okay. Um, she's fantastic. She's an entrepreneur. She sold her, she sold her company to L'Oreal for like $1 billion, you know, and Incredible. she, she, she was a struggling, she was a struggling woman as well. And, but I do, um, I do love Caroline Mace. Yeah. Um, I, um, there's just, so many actually Tim Story's new book. I, I can't wait to pick that one up. Um, the miracle mindset. Um, that's a, another one. Um, yeah, it's like, we didn't know, like, I didn't know before I got sober that reading would become so instrumental in my daily life. You know, I used to love to read as a kid, like, yeah. I started reading really early. My son started reading when he was two, like books are everything to me. But when I was drinking, yeah. I didn't really like, it didn't mean as much to me. Now I love reading. Absolutely. So much good. I, there's just so much good stuff in there. Uh, and there one of the things that I saw with you and your kiddos, what, and I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but I want to talk about it. So 
<laughs> I hope, I hope that you'll bring it, you'll share a little bit, but you, you have, you're interested in elderberries. Is that what they are? Elderberries? Yeah. Or, elderberry. Uh-huh. Elderberry. So how did you learn about elderberries? I started to research elderberry when, you know, just as a, an, an opportunity to put vitamins and minerals into my body that I wasn't getting, um, with my diet. Mm. Um, so, and it's an immune, it's a super immune booster. So, you know, the, the fact that it packs a punch for vitamin C and, um, yeah, so just started researching it. We would buy it, you know, originally just buy it in the store and then Mm. just decided to start making it. Um, the kids loved it. You know, when we first get sober, we're not in the best shape. Let's just be honest about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Right. So was that part of your reasoning of like, I want to put, I want to put more nutrients. I want to feel better. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, you know, before I got pregnant with the twins, I had suffered a miscarriage and mm-hmm. I had, we, you know, we had to go the science route being, being two females. So we started off with the, with donor sperm and we did the IUIs and, um, nothing worked. And then I got pregnant. Um, my partner had tried, she, she wasn't successful. So, you know, I tried, I ended up getting pregnant and then I had a miscarriage and that was pretty, that was, that was, I think a phase for me. That was when I phased to a next, the next level. <laughs> So after that, it, it was like, no, we were, we were on a roll. Let's keep it going. We went to Hawaii for a little bit of a break and to kind of just, you know, get our heads together. But I had already disconnected and I, I, I had, um, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't, you know, of course, expectations, you know, that's the, the story of the game. I had so many expectations from my partner that just weren't fulfilled, especially losing a child. I, it was, I, you know was really difficult. Um, So after coming back from Hawaii, it was like, all right, let's just jump back in. And we did the IVF um, and we did all the genetic testing and everything to make sure we weren't going to run into any issues. And thankfully, after transferring two of my eggs and um, saving a handful, you know, handful of them as well, um, I I was pregnant again, not too long after, you know, the the loss of the the first, the first baby. and everything went great. You know, I had a happy, wonderful pregnancy. And then I had this crazy, horrific, like birth story. And I don't want to go too deep into that, but that was another phase for me because the kids, we wanted to, we were pregnant with twins. One of the babies was breech. We paid a ton of money to have a, a doctor come into the home. The only doctor that would do it in, in Southern California, basically to, to do a home birth of a breech baby. Um, so I was going to my, my regular Kaiser appointment and seeing this, this independent doctor on the side. And a month before my due date, he basically said, so what's, do we have a plan B? And I was like, doctor, you are plan B. You know, I paid you a lot of money um, so that we, were, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. And he, he shared how he just received an invite to go to, to Kenya to teach about cervical cancer and that his flight would be leaving on my due date. And I was just like, what? Whoa, exactly. So of course, everything, um, I just lost all faith in him, my trust, you know, all those factors were just out the door. Um, I really didn't want to have much to do with him. And it was basically like, you know, he was doing this on his watch, like times, times, 
you know, time's running, like, I got to go, my flight's leaving in a couple hours. So we had to induce labor, the kids were not ready to come. Um, I had already passed my date of, you know, that Kaiser wanted to, to um, have a C-section. Um, and I was past that because I wanted to, to, to give birth naturally, you know, that was my dream. He sold me the dream. He said, every woman has a dream to, to, to get married and to, and then to have the their children the way they want to. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to have children to be in control of my body while I'm giving birth. And um, he's like, well, I hope you can do it in 24 hours because I'm leaving. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, it was horrific. So sorry. It was horrific. I, I, it's, and see, this is, okay. So uh, layers of recovery right here layers of recovery. And that's what I want our listeners to hear is that, you know, we don't step into our recovery and just everything's great, right? We have to look at all the layers that brought us to that breaking point or that turning point of actually putting down the bottle, right? So you've got your partner that you're dealing with. You've got a bait, like the birth of your babies, the loves of your life mm-hmm. that you have to do the miscarriage, right? The la- layers of recovery right here. Oh my God. I love you. <laughs> I freaking love you, Anna Marie. This is incredible that you have survived. You're a survivor. You're like a warrior. That's what I love about mamas. We are warriors seriously. And you have twins. Forget about it. Oh God. My head just like exploded there. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you for having you me. Are an incredible human. And I love the work that you're doing. I love that you are a sober mama in recovery. You are a recovery mom. You are a true spirit. Where can our listeners, all the moms, recovery mamas, where are they going to find you? Wow. You can find me on Instagram. I do have a recovery page. It's the the recover.we.method. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, I love that. Um, and then my elderberry page is AMs, AMs underscore elderberry underscore. I sell and deliver locally here in Southern California. I can ship it as well too. That's a, it's a little more complicated that way, but I'm happy to be of service in any way I can. So, so perfect. It's grateful to be here. Happy, healthy, and sober. Yes. Well, my friends, today has been packed with insight, information, and inspiration. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious that fills you up so you can be the best mama you can be. Until next time, take good care. Bye for now. Oh, I hope you love that episode. There are so many good things happening right now. I want you to know that I have a new membership design and dedicated to you and calm living. You can find it over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash membership, meditations, DNA, webinars over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening.